What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great champion on Monday, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, our final show for quite a while. Plenty of bowl coverage uh, tomorrow through Christmas Day, and then lots of bowl games the uh, 29th through the New Year, so get in and uh, enjoy. Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you and your family out there. Plenty to get to on Nebraska football. Just saying no. No to a bowl game. Lots of feedback, interaction, thoughts on social media about that. We'll take some of your opinion. Uh, can dial us up today, 466-3776-466-37-76-800-825-5865. Email, and got plenty of emails uh, to get to as well. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Twitter is where you find us at Schmidt underscore radio. At Herbal Essence is also where you can uh, chime in to Elijah. But it's been mixed, right? The takeaway is, look, I get it. It's been a long and grinding season. Totally understand why you'd want to just forego the bowl game. Uh, That is one take. And some of you agree with that. Some of you are like, what the hell's going on? Soft football team, why don't you want to go play one more game? And uh, we'll get to your calls in a minute. Bob, stay on the line for me. We'll be with you in a minute. And I'm going to read into this probably a little too much, but I'm going to read into the fact that the team voted and did not want to play is pretty telling. Yeah, I think I think it's got something to do with being away from their families since March. I think it has something to do with being uh, in their own little bubble since March. I was talking to a friend in the NBA, and he was um, kind of not supervising, but was kept abreast of what's going on when with when the with the with when the NBA players had to do their bubble thing, and while they played and got paid. It was like they were doing time because, I mean, it was constant quarantine. It was constant testing. It was, listen, you may have been in quarantine. You may have been home officing. I'm lucky enough to be able to have gotten to work during this pandemic, i.e. leave the house. Otherwise, my wife would have stabbed me in the neck several times. Pretty sure that would have happened. But so I've not had to, to quarantine or be off in lockdown like some of you have i can only imagine right netflix can only go so far so i get the the exhaustion and nebraska will get pinated a bit with the fight to want to play and then passing on the opportunity to play that that's not a consistent message but my read in on this is you've got a lot of seniors you got a lot of guys who've been through a lot of things 
and the the vote was probably pretty close. Fair to say, Elijah. There were some uh, some voices from what I've heard that were pretty strong for playing and some voices that were pretty strong against playing. Right. And the point is, is it wasn't unified. It wasn't, let's go out one more time with Coach Frost, for Coach Frost, for us. It was, dude, we're, we're good. We're absolutely good. Uh, they didn't want to play anymore. And this is not a situation where you're going to get 20 bowl practices. You're not going to get to go have a steak-eating contest or go pet the great uh, killer whale. or You know, I mean, all the bull crap, no pun intended, all the bull stuff you go do as a team, right? The fun, the festivity, the reward. On top of the fact you're not even 500. I mean, you went out, you, you, you found a way to beat Rutgers, God love you, because it would have been totally a burning off season if you lose to Rutgers. At least you're three and five. You go out with a win. Nebraska's not a very good football team. Their offense is a mess. Their defense is arms, legs, shoulders, or tired. You would have played somebody and probably got your ass handed to you in a bowl game because there's a percentage of the guys that don't want to play. It's about motivation. How many times do you hear it on a New Year's Day? Well, look, it's a 10-1 Notre Dame team. It's a great record. Well, no, hypothetically, right? Pick a squad. Look at Kansas State. I'm going to go back to Kansas State against Purdue in the Alamo Bowl. This is before you were born. But K-State was knocking on the door of a national championship. A&M upsets him. Drew Brees rips him apart in the Alamo Bowl. Because K-State was dejected and didn't want to be there. Their hopes for a national championship were dashed. Right. It's 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 Nick Saban's second team that gets dismantled by Utah. <laughs> yeah, Utah. All right. Because they they lost the SEC championship to Florida. Bowl games are about motivation. It's also about bowl practices. And if you get four of them, three of them maybe without pads, not gonna do you any good. Go rest up, recharge, and figure out your offense. That's that's where I'm at. What it doesn't look or sound good screaming to play and then voting to say no. But I get it. Did Nebraska make the right call? 800-825-5865-466-3776. We'll get to Bob in a minute. Listen, I have no problem with them passing on this, but I think it says a lot of things about where this football team's at. Them saying no. I think they're tired of playing, and I think the messaging from their leaders that wear headsets may start to sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. It's just white noise. Well, I mean, look, right now, yeah, look at what the guys they've been here since March, following their COVID protocols since March, haven't got to see their families. They've been stuck in Lincoln, uh, doing their workouts and following their COVID protocols. You make it through a season, you three and five, and then you look at a bowl game and you go, okay, we'd get to spend maybe 24 hours, 48 hours down at the By bowl the location. By the way, you're playing the day after Christmas probably, or the 30th. Yeah, you're missing Christmas with your family. Uh, you don't even get that many more practices for the bowl game. Uh, this year would be a couple walkthroughs. It's a participation trophy, for God's yeah. sake, is what it is. You didn't earn it. You're not fo- You're not 500. Exactly. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a free year, and this team has had very little, very little ability to create and sustain momentum. And then let's say the team goes and plays Army in their bowl game, because Army was looking for an opponent. Let's say we go play Army. You go get beaten by an option team. 
the Nebraska fans would be livid about that one. And then you go back and you get to see your family for a week and a half, and then it's right back to Lincoln, and you're back into winter conditioning. Bert emails in, they they just want to go to the rail or the bar. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) They just want to be kids again. Just give them three, four weeks off. I don't blame them one bit, especially in a time like this during COVID where they haven't seen their family in nine months. They, they, They geared up. They geared up to go play and beat Rutgers. All right? That was, dare I utter it, their bowl game. I think their decision was made before the uh, – I think their decision was made that this is the last hurrah before the, the bowl opportunity came down. And they said, no, we've had enough. It's extremely telling. I think they need a break from one another coach and players how does that sit with you as a nebraska fan should they still be forging forward when you're questioning their toughness here's the other thing and you have the right to say and feel what you want as a fan you don't have the right to go attack non-professional athletes but some of the folks that are screaming somebody gouge my eyes out I can't watch this team anymore is the same person that's questioning their, their their toughness for not wanting to play. They are hard to watch on offense. They are absolutely hard to watch for an entire four quarters of football. For whatever reason, Nebraska refused to do what worked. How many times have we seen really talented riders in the last three days write about the number of carries Mills got? And how the offense wore a defense down and punched away. And Nebraska didn't do what seems super obvious. I know Mills has been dinged up, but the point of it is the commitment to the run game, Elijah. I hope that out of all of this crazy 2020 season, that is the light and blueprint that that comes on. Whether you use one of the four backs that are four stars that you've recruited or you go find one in the transfer portal, or whatever. But move forward here with this offensive identity of running the football in the Big Ten and softening him up. Figure out if you got a quarterback or not. and Figure out what you can ask your offense to do that they're good at. I mean, part of this, no, we're good, we don't want to play, probably is is some of the defense saying, bro, (laughs) we're tired. And part of it has got to be the offense. Like, how do you expect them to go play a bowl game? Are they going to get better in, in, in 10 days offensively? Because they, they've had a whole season to, to get I – mean, they've shown moments. They're not complete garbage. They've been okay. But for the most part, they've, they've not gotten out of their own way. And they've had more practices than they can shake a stick at. That's all they did was practice while they are waiting to play ball in some form or fashion. But they've not gotten any better with penalties and mental mistakes and holding calls and and all of that. I mean, they're a team that needs to take a break, come back fresh, and get a hell of a lot better between now and when they meet the pig farmer either in Champaign or Ireland. Because then Buffalo's there. And then you're at Oklahoma. And then there's Michigan. And then there's Ohio State. And then there's Sparty. And then there's Iowa. Then there's Wisconsin. It could get really bad next year. Let's go to Bob. Bob, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Hey, first of all, I'm glad Nebraska won. I did check on the game. I I am happy also that they're not going to play in this bowl. Nebraska 
needs to go out on on the fact that they won the won the game. It's going to be a long winter. They don't need to be focusing on going out, going to a bowl game, and getting their asses kicked when they can go out. You know, on this. Yeah, it was Rutgers, but still, it's a win. That's that's right. Go, go that's in. absolutely right. They could go in. They could go in, or they could refocus themselves for the season coming up. And they've got something, and they can use this win as, as a as a uh, push off to uh, the, the next season. And it's going to be a lot easier with the, with a positive mental attitude from a game that you won at the end of the year, rather than thinking about the loss over and along. And that is, that's going to make your job harder, make, make the coach's job harder. And I just really believe it is just far better off for everybody, the fans and everybody else. And since I already told you my opinion about Ohio mm-hmm. State going, I don't think anybody's three and five ought to be going to a bowl game either. Well, it's, but, it's a different year, Bob. Thanks for listening and, and chiming in. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's just it. They, they didn't want to be there. Clearly, as a team, they voted and didn't want to be there, so don't make them go. Bob, thanks for the call. Do we do this? Is this okay to take? Yeah. All right. John, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, yeah. Hi, Smitty. How you doing today? Good, brother. Go ahead. Good. Hey, two points. One, um, with with the financial limitations that the uh, athletic department is kind of under, I would guess that they weren't going to make any money on a bowl trip at all. You know, flying everybody out there, even on a short stay. You've got TV money. I mean, you've got Big Ten TV revenue, that side of it. But that's about it, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, because you're probably going someplace that no one's going to want to go to travel to. And, yeah. And can you travel this time of year anyway? So I think financially it probably made a little bit of sense, too. And, I, you know, the, my other point is just about the game the other day. I've been – I loved kind of some of the stuff they were doing out of the pistol. Yes. And I know you mentioned it a couple weeks ago, or I don't know when. I they had one series against. they had it against Minnesota, and they went right down the field. Right. And so I loved some of the dive option and lead option stuff they were doing with that. I, I think that is – man, I'm sure I would love to see more of that. And I don't know if they'll figure – if they want to – make that part of their identity or not but i sure would like watching it now john good call on that and absolutely thanks for phoning us here on uh, hail varsity 466-3776 the pistol that cutback the ability to move the pocket we we were saying that post minnesota elijah and you saw it do well do some really nice work against rutgers and you saw the body blows turn into eight nine twenty thirty Multiple-yard carries, some explosive plays against Rutgers, who wasn't an awful defense. But this is telling that the team voted and said no. They've had enough. They've had enough of football. They've had enough of 2020. Maybe they've had enough of some of their coaches. Point blank, they said no. We're out. See ya. Good for them. It's their call. And big big picture on this, this isn't the... This isn't the, the true freshman or redshirt freshman that's going to get extra reps because it was going to be so slammed in. It was one more task. And players have a voice like no other now. They spoke. I mean, Lord knows I'm looking forward to my vacation this next week and next week. Like, 
let the players enjoy theirs too. Um, I know speaking as from the perspective of a college student, this semester was much more difficult than a normal semester. There were no breaks this semester. You started in mid-August, you went straight through the end of November, no breaks whatsoever. These guys were even worse um, because they got no breaks. Plus, they also had football with no bye weeks in there while maintaining COVID guidelines. They've earned a break. I, I know the, the record's three and five, but for as difficult as this year was for those players, I'm sure they've earned this break. Well, it comes down to motivation. And we'll get a player's perspective next. Interested to hear what Jay Moore has to say Blackshirt Husker NFLer, co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up. What's his take? Did Nebraska make the right call passing on a bowl game? And they've had enough. They don't want to play. They fought to give you a season, and it's a season that, let's be honest, was pretty forgettable when it comes to performance on the field. As difficult as it was, at least they gave you uh, a number of Saturdays. Jay Moore's next. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Charlie McBride's coming up. We welcome in Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. His podcast, More To It, on the Herd At Media Network. You can find that at HaleVarsity.com, iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Spotify. Follow Jay at jmore44 on Twitter, and you watch him Big Red wrap up. Jay Bird, would you have ever voted no on a bowl game? No, I wouldn't. I I literally sat down recording our pod with Corey, our last post game reaction pod, and I I never would have opted out, and I never would have voted no. I just I mean. That's all I wanted to do was play football in Nebraska. And, like, why would I ever want to take another game out of my hands to play? So, that's just me. I know other kids have, you know, done some other things and been through, obviously, a lot this year. But, no, there have been no way in hell I would ever vote a no. Jay Moore's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. So, what does it say to you? That they're fatigued by the season? That this COVID protocol slash we're here since March quarantining pretty much has been too much or is it a bigger statement of of no uh towards the uh the staff or not necessarily staff but the the program itself are they are they, are they needing a break from one another the the head man and his team you know i think the way i look at it because i see that like if they would have said, listen, we, we want to come out, we're going to come out and play, we're going to play because I, I want to get, you know, we need to get better. Like if Scott said, I need to be better as a coach, so I need another game to be better as a coach, my staff needs to be better, I would have been like, yeah, I can totally get that. But I think the way I, I see it is they've, they've been through a lot. And I don't know exactly what they've been through, but I can only imagine just the extremes. I mean, the the the, the big ask of them to – you know, how they have to handle things, not really be a college kid and socialize and and do all these other things, get tested every day, you know, are you going to play, are we not going to play, you know, just the, the the way the meetings have to get handled, just, I mean, let alone the players, but again, all the extra stuff that your staff, not only your coaching staff has to go through, the the equipment staff, the strength staff, the training staff, all these extra things that your your people in your program have to go through that you that normally, you know, you don't have to go through. And it's not like 
you know, you could just look back and like, oh, I wonder how so-and-so handled the pandemic in 1985. Well, you just you can't, like, see how anyone's done this before. So no one's done it before. And that's that's the hard thing to do. You're just kind of doing everything on the fly. And that's 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 a tall task. So, like, I can selfishly, selfishly, I would have loved to see them play another football game. Selfishly, I would have loved to see them want to play another football game to try to get better and finish – four and five and and you know get this thing you know maybe go in the right direction but yeah i can also see that you know they did end on a high note and but what they've what they've gone through this year i can't like i can't say you know what a bunch of soft you know what i can't do that because i don't know what they're going through i mean hell i've been through a lot this year dealing with all this stuff and like I just want this year to be over as well, and I hope it's better in 2021. I pray that it's better in 2021. Like trying to trying to deal with school and being a student that's a that's a that's a huge task in its own. Trying to be a student athlete, and then you're trying to deal with it so your team can play and making sure you're doing the right things. I mean, think it's just that's. I think people underestimate how demanding that that can be, and I think some people like you know I've, the social media is just. Like, hey, it's one of the worst places ever sometimes. But there are people, you know, comments on this. Like, oh, but you know, I've been asked to, I've worked during through all this and, do, you know, doing this for all this. Well, like, that's one thing. Like, going to school in, is, is one thing. And then going to school and then playing football at a very high level, like, that's that's a whole other ball game. And then dealing with all this stuff, that's, that's, that's quite a demand. And, you know, these, these kids aren't getting paid millions of dollars to do it either. So... I, I can't I can't fault them at all for 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 making this decision because it's this year has been a grind. It has, and this is a this is a different bull setup where it's more like a participation ribbon versus yeah. a bowl game because you're not getting the bowl experience, and this isn't twenty or twenty five extra practices. It might be four or five practices based on where Nebraska would have been sent, and. Uh, who knows how much of it would have been contact practices, right? This is it's, it's it's not apples to apples, where you're getting more work in uh, going into the Alamo Alamo Bowl, Jay Moore, in 2003 to kind of springboard your 04 and 05 seasons. It's it's not apples to apples that way with the bowl trip. Uh, what positives do you take out of 2020 aside from that they got to play? When we talk about trajectory of the program what are some good and what are some 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 other things that you're you're worried about as we move into 2021 i think one thing i'm was i'm i'm excited but i I do think they took a step forward and i didn't think i thought this year they were going to be kind of the more of a the crutch you know, uh, you know they're slow down the the progress of the team defensively but i defensively they stepped up this year, and they played some really good football when they had to. You know, they really just had one poor game. I mean, again, the Ohio State game is more of an anomaly, but that Illinois game was, you know, their, their poorest performance all year. But they they played some damn good football this year, and I did not, I wasn't expecting that. You know, then I think the other thing that I was excited about is I don't like you. We always talk about the being the physical team, you know, being the biggest team. I don't. I can't say that Nebraska was ever pushed around or purely dominated mm-hmm. like we've seen maybe in the past couple of years up front on the line of scrimmages. I can't I can't say that. 
And I think that's a huge step in the right direction as well. I think, it, you know, if there's one area you, you can build your program on foundation going forward, that's, that's, that's right there. It's like, hey, if you want to be physical, you know, and, you know, obviously I'd still like to see them run the ball some more in certain situations to, to you know, put your foot down and say, hey, yes, we are going to be the most physical team on, on the field, and this is how we're going to do it. But I think that's one thing you kind of take away from this year as well is they're pretty physical and they're pretty tough. And that's that's two areas. That's about the only two I can honestly, you know, overall team-wise, besides you getting individual stuff. But then I'm really concerned about the offense and special teams. Mm-hmm. Other than, you know, if the special teams have Connor Colt this year, I mean, what does that even look like? You know, and this is this has killed Nebraska for – I mean, this is even before Riley. This is when Riley was still here. I mean, special teams has, has caused this team, you know, some some losses. And then when you're talking about as many close losses and one score losses we've had in the last few years, special teams is all the majority of that. That's field position. That's getting points in the red zone. That's you know, that's kickoff returns. That's all that stuff. So. You know that's that's a concern, and offensively, this got to get going. I mean, this is they got to get going the right direction. There's with the you know you've had a three-year starter at quarterback. You know I don't you don't, you don't have a, sh- a for sure guy as a running back. You don't have your wide receiver position is not clear cut other than Wandell. So you know your old line is young. Uh, I like the way Cochran played. Cochran mm-hmm. uh, played on 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 Friday. I thought that was a big step in the right direction for that group. But I'm 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 very concerned about the special teams and the offense heading into 2021. Jay, with all this in mind, uh, are you more optimistic or pessimistic about the 2021 season than you were uh, like six months ago? I know there's a, a brutal schedule coming up in 2021, um, but there's also some young talent coming up. So, what would you say, more optimistic or more pessimistic? Um, sheesh. I, you know, as optimistic, you know, as a, I'm usually a rather optimistic guy, but I just don't know how it's going to get any better. You know, I don't, like, obviously if they go seven, like, if they would have played this season normally, it didn't have all the craziness, like, them going six and six this year would have been really good. And I look at next year, and that's probably where I'm at again. If they go six to six, because what do we what do we know through these three years with this Nebraska football team? Is they're going to turn it over, have, and they're going to be inconsistent yeah, on offense. Correct. So I can't judge that. And and then when you run this offensive system, like you have to, you got to get some things going and score some points. And we just haven't done it in special teams, whether it's kickoff return issues. I mean, hell, we've had two fake punts ran on us in eight games. I mean, give me a break. Like, when is the last time that even happened? That's, you know, you know, you get one, that happens one time in a year and you get it fixed. And it happened twice this year. So, like, that's, that's a major concern. That also just kind of shows me, you know, attention to detail and just want to by some of your, your, your players and, and even some of your, your coaching staff. Because coaching special teams is not sexy. That's not a sexy thing. But when you when you lose a lot of close football games, you know, you, you, you can't have special teams be the reason year in and year out. That, you know, that, that should be – you should say this, we're not going to lose close football games because of special teams because a lot of times that's where it happens. So I don't think I, – I, I don't know if it's going to get any any better. I mean, 6-6 six and six I would think is is – in, in improvement in, in year four, and I don't like saying that. I wish it wasn't, but 
I'm not, you know, I've been tricked this year many times after the, you know, you beat Penn State, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to get it going. Well, Illinois happens. You beat Purdue, okay, we're going to get this thing going. Finish out your strong. Well, then Minnesota happens. So, like, I'm not going to get my – I'm done getting my hopes up. And, and I'm sure there will be a time and point where it comes in July where I'll get my hopes up again and think this thing will get going just like we all do because there's nothing else to talk about. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm, rather, I'm rather pessimistic um, looking at next year just because of, of special teams and offensive issues. Well, schedule is the schedule. Schedule's murder next year. And yes. that'll be interesting and entertaining to see, you know, between now and Ireland, if it's still Ireland with the pig farmer, if uh, if things get fixed and figured out offensively. Because you're right, man. They're pretty stout and they're pretty physical on both lines. But you need to not turn the football over. You need to not be bad in special teams and there needs to be uh, just more strides taken from a CEO standpoint by the head guy with that attention to detail. It's Jay Moore with us, Blackshirt Husker NFL or at Jay Moore at 44. Bird, we are off for a while. We'll get caught up in the new year. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. In about 10 seconds, give us a quick uh, rundown of the podcast. More to it. Yeah, I just got done recording the, the last post-game pod, my last pod of 2020, just dissecting, you know, this game is Rutgers. Kind of this stuff we did talked about, the bowl game, big picture, what we liked offensively, what we didn't like, what we liked defensively, you know, special teams issue. I mean, it's what we just talked about here for the last 10 minutes is kind of what Corey and I talked about okay. for, you know, almost an hour earlier today. So that'll be out probably tomorrow, and that'll be our last one for the year, and we'll get it ramped up again in 2021. Sounds good, Bird. Thanks for the time, buddy. Yeah, you got it. Have a Merry Christmas, guys. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. We'll get to hear from Jimbo Fisher. I like saying Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher's lobbying for a college football playoff spot that fell on deaf ears. Great to be back with you. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Line open at 800-825-5865. We're talking Nebraska saying no to a bowl game. How's that sit with you as a Nebraska fan? Listen, one, just to reset, you've fought all year long to want to play. And that's the narrative. And that's what Nebraska's going to get punched in the face on by saying no, we're good. I think they're tired. I think they're ready for a little bit of a break. And the bowl season, if you're not in the New Year's Day six or the final four, is just a participation ribbon. It's what the bowls are. Now, Army should absolutely be going with nine wins, all right? I don't know that uh, if you're in a one win or two win South Carolina, you belong. But it is what it is, okay? And Nebraska is not the only team to opt out of a bowl, all right? So their prerogative, I think they want to break think they're tired and if they don't want to be there you don't want to watch them not be there because there's been enough instances on social media and phone calls where you've been at your wits end with this football team's performance from time to time this year they're doing themselves a favor they may be doing you a favor regroup be better let's see what 2021 looks like uh pete is with us on hail varsity pete thanks for hanging on go ahead how you doing? Good, man. What do you say? Well, I don't. I don't mind them not playing. I guess uh, I do think 
there's some troubling issues within the team. I do not see any pro- progress from a quarterback position, and I don't know why the disconnect is there between the coach and the players. But if you're going to make some coaching changes or hire some coaches like a special team coach, then it's probably better you don't play in this game because it would give the coaches that you let go a chance, a better chance to get another job and it'd give you more time to look for, for uh, coaches to come in. But, uh, you know, none of us have been through what those players have been through, so I don't think anybody has a right to say that uh, they're soft or they should be playing. We haven't been through that protocol. Exactly. Uh, I think they do need a rest. I think the coaching staff needs time to reflect. I think while it's fresh in their minds, they need to to go through the season and and decide what they're going to change because it cannot continue. And I think Frost is not going to live a long life if if some things don't get changed. And I think his assistant coaches are not – they've never coached at this level. And they don't have a lot of experience. And I think I think if he's going to do himself a favor and the, and the football team a favor, he's going to have to really look at his assistant coaches and see if he's getting the best out of them or, or does he need to make a change. Pete, good stuff. Thank you for the phone call. Appreciate you tuning in. I always love your input. That's very fair, man. I mean, you had changes last offseason. You brought Dawson back. You got a lot out of Tuioti this year in the defensive line. Linebackers were stellar this year. Secondary's phenomenal. And Shenander, everyone's favorite punching bag, coached a hell of a defense this year. And I know you're going to point to yards and points allowed and all that. Listen, they carried the football team this year. Period. They were the bright spot on this team. Quarterback inconsistency. Adrian's completion percentage is top five in the country. Great. But his turnovers, I mean, he averages nine turnovers a year. Right, that's fumbles, that's interceptions. I mean, that's that's a lot. And Nebraska's insanely lucky. They earned it in the second half, but they were insanely lucky to only be down fourteen to seven at half with three first half turnovers. Just they just kill you. They just zap you. So we have questions, Elijah, to talk about here moving forward. Here, who's coming back, and where do you go? Do you have a running back? Do you have one on the roster right now that you've not narrowed down because of your rotation philosophy? Do you have a quarterback? Do you stick with Adrian? Do you talk to Luke about switching to a receiver spot? So guess what? You've got Wandale and Luke and maybe Omar or Alante or Austin Allen. I mean, give your quarterback more weapons, right? So do you have that talk with Luke and go that route. I mean, who knows who's coming back? Who knows who's leaving? And when I look at the seniors, two guys I I would I would think about coming back if I were them, depending on where they grade out, Honus and Stilly. I think everybody else is gone, and that includes Cam Taylor Britt. If I'm him, I'm going to the NFL, man. Offensively, if I'm Forniak, Gonzo. If I'm Stoll, see ya. It's not that I don't want him back. I'm just saying I would move on. And you also got to wonder, not that Jurgens has been bad recently, but do you look at Cam as a guy that's a guard opposed to a center? Do you have a true center or a better center on the, on the roster? He's too good not to play. I, I agree with that take by the coaches. I think Cam's a monster. I think he's super talented, and when he's on, he's really good. But do you have, the, do you have your five best linemen right now 
playing football? Is there anybody pushing uh, Ben Hart? And listen, he was he was a true freshman. You know what it's like to play tackle, Elijah. So there were a lot of holding calls. Same with Piper. There were some instances there, and I think Ethan's going to be pretty talented. Same with Ben Hart. I think uh, <laughs> Turner Corcoran's really nice. Sorry, overreaction after one game, but wow. So you got to find a, a new guard, and you got to figure out if your you, the the five guys you finished with are back, or you can kind of move towards more of a run centric offense that has worked when you've gone with it. Quarterback, running back, offensive line. And then replacing, rebuilding your secondary. Have I covered it? I think uh, I have. I think you have. But I just want to add that I think this team is better than what their record this year would indicate. The talent thank, is thank, there. Yes, there. I think that's part of the frustration, Elijah. People think, listen, you've you've lost games that you found ways to lose again, 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 again. You did it in 2019. You did it in 2020. And you should at worst be a four and four football team. I think it starts with a guy who is the leader of the offense and probably the leader of the team. That's the quarterback position. I think if this team had a quarterback that was better than what Adrian brings, it wasn't playing Adrian ball, wasn't turning the ball over. This team is easily 500 this year. Turnovers were no good. Absolutely. And Adrian's also responsible for some of those wins. He's responsible for those wins, but I think you need an upgrade at the quarterback spot if you want to be competitive next year. Well, you just got to have him take care of the football. You got to let him run the football. Look how good he was running the football, and then when you get the play action going. My my problem is is we've seen three years of Adrian. We know what Adrian's about, and we know where he has improved his game. That's the question. What's realistic? What kind of jump are you going to get in a fourth year? Are you going to get a – I mean, it, it can happen. I'm not saying it can't happen, right? I mean, case in point, and I'm going to say the, 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 the name that Nebraska fans love me to talk about, Joe Burrow. But look where Joe Burrow was at. Couldn't win the job at Ohio State. Gets paired with uh, Brady, okay, the offensive genius for a year. And look at the jump Burrow made from junior to senior year at LSU. Different situation, different puzzle pieces. I get it, but that's an example of what could happen when you make a jump. That was just from one year to year two. What can you get out of Adrian in his final rodeo? And it's there, but can he stay healthy? That's, I think, what's held him back the most. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour. We're 10 minutes away from Mr. Blackshirt. Mondays with Charlie, Coach Charlie McBride. We'll get Coach's take on uh, no bowl for Nebraska and uh, what uh, some questions need to be answered. What are those questions and answers for 2021? Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider College Game Day, usually our Wednesday guy. We've got a full slew of bowl games starting tomorrow through this week and next, you'll have an Elijah Herbal alert for Hale Varsity next Monday. And uh, then we'll be back full force on the 4th. But uh, I got a Hale Varsity today, a Hale Varsity next Monday, and then uh, back at it uh, the, the week of the 4th. 466 3776, 466 3776, 800, 825 5865. A reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. Looking for that residential home in Lincoln or the surrounding community? 
West Blue Realty is your answer for 2021. When you mention Hale Varsity for a limited time, they can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a shout at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider, 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue, westbluerealty.com. Get an appointment with West Blue Realty today, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Let's hear Jimbo Fisher whine about A&M not getting in the playoff. What's he think? We know what Dabo thinks. He put Ohio State number 11 in the coaches' poll, and no one's real happy with the number of games the Buckeyes played or the Big Ten in general. You know what I mean? Tell you why? We're playing the best league in ball. We got beat by the number one team in the country who also had another superstar on the team when they played us named Waddle. People ain't even playing with him now. No team in SEC history has never lost no one game and been in it. The other leagues, I love them all. If we can't play in this league and be in the playoff, something's wrong. Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo. Listen, A&M's pretty good. Florida's a a really good three-loss team. I mean, they looked incredible and had some of us sweating. Uh, if you had just the money line, but for sure Florida covered, uh, and and Bama couldn't knock them out, make them go away. You have Indiana furious, furious at the Big Ten and Commissioner Warren. There's some feelings in Bloomington and around the league that the Big Ten did not advocate enough for Indiana to get to the Fiesta Bowl or for the Peach Bowl. I mean, how does a team like Indiana not make a New Year's Six Bowl? Oh, that's a, that's a complete joke. They're a top 10 team. I don't get it. They're a top... They're, I mean, I, I think they're a better... I think they're right there with a and I, mean, I, I would just like to say I disagree wholeheartedly to put Notre Dame in at number four. Okay, you they, do. They, they showed us what their what their colors are going up against an actual top. The only time that they beat Clemson this can year, I, Clemson can was I, down half its starters. Can I can I talk you the other way? Sure. Okay. Listen, they beat Carolina. They beat Clemson in a wild scene. They gave us the best game of the college football season this year. I'll give you that. Okay, so they are a one loss team. They are Notre Dame. They dated the ACC. No pregnancy test was positive. Okay, so they are in. They are going to get what they earn. And whether or not you can argue or you hate Notre Dame, you love, they are going to get pummeled by Clemson, which happened. And it's going to be illegal in some states what Notre Dame will face against Alabama. I mean, any team who got that That is how they're going to be remembered. The COVID party at midfield and their last two games of the season. So they made the playoff, but they're going to get destroyed. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Back with you on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Line. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It is that time. And he might be wearing a Santa hat. I'm thinking he might. Charlie McBride's with us. Mondays with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt. Coach, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. How are you? Same to you. I, well, it's um, it's beautiful here. It's warm. I can't believe it. 
<laughs> and we have, they said we're going to have maybe some snow tonight or who knows when, but it isn't going to be much. So I suppose we're going to get paid for this later. That's kind of how I'm feeling. We have uh, mid-50s today, mid-50s tomorrow, and uh, <laughs> then we're going to get just shellacked probably with with cold right but you know what we'll take the good with the bad a lot like the football season right some good moments some tough moments but uh, very reminiscent of the nebraska weather wait 15 minutes right so yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly i'm interested to see what you have to say about nebraska saying no to a bowl game. What what are your thoughts? Well, I I don't, you know, I think in this year, uh, you know, uh, the bowl games, um, I think probably aren't going to pay a whole lot like they used to, mm-hmm. just because you're they're going to be cut. A lot of people won't be going to some of them. Some of them, I'm sure they will. But mm-hmm. uh, the money factor is a big thing when you get to the the down-the-line bowl games. And by the time you get done, you know, uh, there's been some games where schools have spent, you know, uh, these $750,000 games. There's about, oh, I don't know, 10 of those kind of games. And that they don't make enough money to pay for the whole team and the the plane trip and the whole thing. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the way money has gone this year, I think probably that's, you know, there's probably some teams going to bowl games that, that you know, the administration probably wishes they weren't because of the financial part of it. Uh, you know, it does cost a lot of money to take everybody down there. And, you know, so I think that's part, that may be a little bit of it, but I think as I, I heard a couple of the kids say after the game that, you know, they'd like to see their folks. <laughs> Some of them haven't seen them since last March. And maybe it's the right thing to do is, is you know, you hate like heck to miss the practice time. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the best time we had because you could work with the younger guys. Charlie, you know, you look at the practice time, and, and let's just fast forward it. Say you're, say you're playing the day after Christmas or say you're playing the 30th. I mean, it would have been a because you know we're already the December twenty first. You just got done Friday. You just wrapped up the Big right. Ten champ. So it would have been less practice time. It just didn't add up. I think the players are just right. tired. I think they want a break, and I think they deserve a break based on all they've been through. They've pretty much been under quarantine since March, and I'm yeah. just wondering what good it would have done to go play. And, I mean, yes, you want to play and you get better by playing, but you know what? There's a lot of things Nebraska needs to look at from a coaching standpoint to kind of get their yep. kids ready for 2021. That's that's my take on it. Would it have been a, a, a better finish than what you got well, in the second half of Rutgers? Yeah, like you said, the time element is a factor for mm-hmm. sure, and that, that may be in the whole thing, you know, to be in. You know the the short distance of time, and I think I don't think the interest is there because you aren't going to get the following at these places. Yeah. Like, you know, Nebraska's would be a big team. I don't care what anybody says; they have probably the best following of any team in the country, except for maybe Notre Dame, because 
Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody went to Notre Dame, right? Yeah, well, just just <laughs> ask them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, you know, if if you go to the Catholic Church, you're from Notre Dame, and that's the way it is. <laughs> and so, you know, it's uh, you know, Nebraska's always had a great following and been big money for uh, you know the, the areas around there for people to come down and visit and things like that. It's been real positive. For the you know the restaurants and everybody of course is shut down or mm-hmm. half that you don't know what you're going to get into and you know and and what if something would happen to you know uh, COVID or something right. you know when you when you got to the game I it it'd be oh so I I'm not too sure they didn't I thought maybe they'd shut them all down. Well, they're uh, they're going to be playing the team voted Sunday. Saturday, I should say, and and uh, they were they were fine with how the year went. What did you like about Rutgers? What frustrated you about the game against Rutgers? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> that's it. you know the hard thing to do is somewhere along the line something's got to be done. I mean, you know, you have three years already of this, and uh, the thing that I look at a little bit is that I think we got some some uh, freshmen that have really shown in the last uh, two or three games. Mm-hmm. And the one thing is, is those guys are going to end up being leaders and they're going to make some decisions on what what's going on. And when you start getting the players telling you, Hey, we, we got to cut this out. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the thing I look at is I look at the kicking game is, you know, that, that, that was used to get everybody to play, you know, I think it just looked like it. I mean, you know, so that everybody got a chance. And, you know, when they recruited, you'll play as a freshman and that. And they used the kicking game probably as part of it. And I don't think that's I don't think that's a good idea. Um, you know, I mean, I know everybody wants to play and all that. If you're a competitor and you think you're a, a good player, that shouldn't bug you. You ought to know where you stand and, you know, you know, and all of this stuff and that decommitment stuff. Any kid that decommits after he commits to me, mm-hmm. they don't they don't end up being much. I mean, they, you know, those kind of kids you don't want around anyway. I mean, if they they say one thing and do another, you know that 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 can be a bad deal. Coach but uh, I, I I think with the game the the game showed that they 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 worked hard they played hard that's the biggest thing I look at are they playing hard are they doing yeah they're fumbling the ball I I I said I'm going to do one thing I'm calling up the backfield coach and tell him to teach the quarterback how to carry the ball when he runs when he's running with it yeah he's flagging it all over the place and. You know that's part of the problem, and and the thing is, is those are things that have to be done. I know when one day a year when we were playing, we used to have the the quarterback in the tackling drills. You know, mm-hmm. and and you know had, he he knew how to tackle. They knew, you know, from high school they did. But you know, it's kind of funny because. Um, you know, you never know. Look at in look at in pro ball. You see it a lot of times where they're the guy breaks loose and the kickers knocked him out of bounds or he's blocked, tackled him or whatever the case is. So, uh, you know who <laughs> who knows? You know, I don't know. 
Coach Charlie McBride's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Coach, you're right. It's now three years that we've seen Adrian Martinez uh, leading this offense, and he still had his struggles against Rutgers on Friday night. Um, so do you think that Adrian is the guy, the future, and the guy for this team in 2021? Or do you think Coach Frost needs to start looking elsewhere at the quarterback position? No, I think he'll start. I think he'll go with, with uh, you know, with Martinez. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I really do. And I, I think he's grown up a lot. I think he's, uh, you know, I mean, it, it does get tiring hearing the same story after every game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the same thing uh, from the head coach. Well, we got to work harder. we got to settle these things. But three years of that stuff, you know, somebody needs to crack a whip on that one. And, and you know, the holding part of it, I remember one thing I just I said to Debbie the other day. You know, in the spring, what Milt did, I was, I, I never saw it done before, but he did it. He put mittens on the offensive linemen so they couldn't grab anybody. I don't know where they got them. I think they were winter mittens he got somewhere and put them on their hands so they couldn't grab, you know, and things like that. You know, which was kind of an interesting deal, but you know, it, I think it worked. <laughs> I, 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 uh, you know, were they were they the, the big old mittens that we wore as kids, yeah, or were they those yeah. smoker mittens without the uh, the uh, fingers? Uh, <laughs> I don't. No, they were big mittens. I mean, they were they were you know like winter just winter. Yeah, mittens. The big no, they were heavy mittens. I mean, they were, uh, you know, kind of like you're talking about, but they they weren't uh, they were. Some kind of a canvas type of thing uh, they had, but they, you know, they they had it on there, and he he used it, you know, when they did uh, pass blocking and things like that, and 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 when they had their teamwork, and it was kind of fun. It was you know, you know that, you know, to watch it happen, and it worked. <laughs> I mean, you know, guys, and and it, I don't know whether you know whether they it was a joke of his or what, but. Uh, they they did it for quite a while, and um, you know I think it has something to do with that their mental part of the game. They got to learn to you know use their their mittens. And I think the other thing was is that, that I think there's got to be a lot of stuff done on their uh, working with their flexibility and especially the linemen and their ability to you know get down, bend their knees, and do things mm-hmm. like that. It sounds simple, but it really isn't for big guys. It's it's hard because if you can't react quick and you don't have good footwork, you can't play. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie on Hale Varsity Radio, Mr. Blackshirt. Coach, did, did Nebraska maybe find something in that pistol formation, more of a run-centric offense? I mean, Nebraska really ran the football, and it looked it – looked, uh, it was a sight for sore eyes for a lot of Nebraska fans the way they ran the football. I'll tell you what, that's, that's the biggest thing I think came out of the game is you have, you know, Tom, you know, when you get bad weather and you're playing in it and they they did then, you know, you can't, sometimes you're going to get in games you can't throw the ball and, and, and wind and everything else. I mean, I went through all this stuff and mm-hmm. it's a plus being able to, to run the football. If you, you know, you get into this weather and if all you can do is throw it, I don't think you have much of a chance. You know, and and that's where a lot of the good teams, I think, you know, have a good running game, mm-hmm. and at least work as hard, hard on it. I think 
the thing I kind of miss a little bit. And I know I know that the one running back was a, was a good tough kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's, you know, somebody we need to get a guy who's got some lead in his britches. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and I think you know when you have a, a Rathman or you know a lot of those kids that we had. You know, it was uh, you know you could depend on getting that extra effort yard out of them mm-hmm. and and everything. And I and I I was discouraged because the kid that's playing at uh, Purdue, the running back who's about two forty, yeah, the kid that I that I told him about, I I knew about the kid from around here, heard about him because he's an Indiana kid, and and you know it it it. Um, Nothing happened. He could have been. He could have been running the ball for me. He was second team All Big Ten. Yeah. Well, I, tell I think you what, he was. He, he, yeah, he put some dents in somebody, and and but I mean, he was a guy that was a starter for him. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think well, but I, I, you know, just to have a guy that could come in and and wear people out, you know, I mean, you get enough of that stuff. We did a good job on him. I'll tell mm-hmm. you that. That's one thing defensively. We did a good job on him, and because he he didn't he didn't really get that much that that much out, out of you know playing against Nebraska, and um, you know that's good. But I I just think that somewhere along the line we've got to get a couple of real physical type you know backs uh, that that would help. I mean the running game, coach. You know I. Got to jump in real quick. I got about a minute and a half, and you're so right about the running game. Last thought here before we got to say goodbye. Cam Taylor Britt, do you think he goes to the NFL? Well, I, I know one thing. <laughs> He'd make a lot more money if he stayed another year. Really? Because I think he could, yeah, I, can, I think he could be a really dominant player. Now, I think he can play in the NFL, but he's not going to go as high as he would if he had another year under his belt. But that's, you know, that'll be tough for him to lose because you'll have a whole new secondary almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think there's kids there, but uh, there again, you got to start from scratch. That kids that have never played, mm-hmm. and you're asking the same question over again. Where if you lose a leader like he would be, uh, that's tough. Coach, we'll uh, get caught up next week. You have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays with you and your family, all right? Well, Merry Christmas to you guys and Happy New Year. And uh, I hope everybody makes it through this uh, little ordeal we got going now that, you know, and with good health and, and sure. everything. So we'll be praying for all you guys this you all stay healthy and have a great New Year. You too. We love you, Coach. Thanks so much for the time today. Okay, thank you. Bye now. There he is. That's Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, with us. Good thoughts on Cam Taylor Britt and uh, his future. Brad Edwards going to be with us. Seeing this on social media from Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated. Bo Pelini not expected back at LSU. More staff changes as well. Uh, Bill Bush just joined that staff. In the secondary, Corey Raymond's down there, also former Husker assistant. But per Dellinger, no Bo Pelini back for LSU. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Good stuff from Charlie McBride, Mr. Black Shirt. And uh, we welcome in Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider College Game Day. And uh, Brad, interesting day. I want to start with this, though. It kind of hits a little bit close to home with some Nebraska fans. Uh, word from uh, different sources, uh, Bo Pelini not expected to return at LSU. Uh, what's your reaction to that? If if there's an announcement a little bit later, let's say it's true, uh, one and done for Bo, does that surprise you? Well, it would have surprised me before the season started, but when you look at everything that went wrong for LSU um, as the season went on, you know, and it got worse and worse, there were some bright spots offensively toward the end. You know, they had a freshman quarterback who played pretty well in the last couple of games. And uh, even without a whole lot of receivers, they still were putting up some points, but, but their defense still couldn't stop anyone. And uh, look, I mean, there's no question it wasn't as talented of a defense as they had last year. And Coach O did himself no favors by declaring over the summer that the unit was looking better than it did at any point last season. Um, so, you know, where was there a miscalculation on his part? I mean, certainly he deserves a lot of the blame for this. He made the hire. He's the one who hyped the defense before a game had been played. But ultimately, it's Pelini's scheme. Uh, he was in charge, and it was an absolute disaster. For a team that really, over the last decade plus, has been one of the most consistent defenses in college football. And so, uh, you know, if something had to pay <laughs> something, someone, whatever. Mm-hmm. There, there had to be a hit taken for what happened this year. It wasn't going to be Coach O. So, uh, Bo Pelini it is. Brad Edwards with us. And I think once you get Bo's system down, it's effective. Now you got to have the talent to run it. But you've seen it at its optimum with uh, with the 09 and Sue and company. I mean, that's that's its as good as it's going to get, right, with uh, the Polini D, and you've got some NFL dudes running it for you. But uh, it was it was too tough this year. 35 points uh, uh, a game. Polini's contract was a guaranteed three years, so Bo's getting paid $7 million. Yeah. Bo's collecting yeah, a lot of money. Good gig <laughs> if you can get it. I know. Let's flip gears and talk about the college football playoff. And uh, do you think the, 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 the committee got it right? Do you like the, the, the final four we have? And if so, wonderful. If there's a Brad Edwards adjustment, what would it be? What, what team do you think had the best argument to, to maybe find their way into that fourth spot? Well, for starters, I, I think the top three were a no-brainer. Um, I know some people were not happy with Ohio State being at three, but uh, to me that one was pretty easy. You know, for number four, um, I, I didn't like the choice of Notre Dame. But you have to ask the question that we often ask on basketball selection. When uh, a team gets in that you think shouldn't have gotten in, um, actually, it usually works in reverse in basketball. In, in basketball, it's usually this team should have gotten in, right? Mm-hmm. Like they got a raw deal. But then the follow-up is, okay, well, who should they have been in in place of? You have to take someone out. In this case, you had to put someone in. Like, there has to be a fourth team. And while I don't think Notre Dame was deserving of it after what happened to them on Saturday, I, I can't sit here and say that I could make a much better case for Texas A&M or Oklahoma 
or Cincinnati. I know a lot of people wanted to see Cincinnati, but to me, if the committee's going to tell us that it's the four best and not the four most deserving, if it's four most deserving, Cincinnati, go ahead. I mean, they're, they're the only ones that didn't play themselves out. Right. But if it's four best, I, I just have a hard time, not just because of the schedule overall, but even the very last game, the closing argument. You kick a field goal in the final play to beat Tulsa. I mean, there's nothing about that that suggests that you're one of the four best teams. So, um, you know, you take your pick, and they, they took Notre Dame, and I'm not expecting a competitive semifinal, but here's the truth. Very few of the semis through the first six years have been competitive. They are blowouts, most of them. I mean, you had Ohio State-Clemson last year. That's chippy. You have Ohio State that's not apologizing. You have Clemson and Dabo's coaches poll that puts Ohio State at number 11. <laughs> that's, that's great. And Ohio State doesn't like uh, how things ended last year. And they were on the ropes against Northwestern. And then Ohio State decided to run the football. You know, novel concept. We've been talking about that for two hours here. Look what happens when you run the football. But uh, how do you see that shaking out as, as we kind of preview it a little bit here as this going to be tight, or do you think uh, Clemson's just, just too dominant, too superior to Ohio State? I think in a normal season, it would have been another really good game like it was last year. But because it's not a normal season, I think, look, as much has been made about Ohio State having this advantage by you know not having to play as many games and you know, apparently the, the committee's giving them a break and you know all, all the reasons that people want to argue against them. I think when you get on the other side of the selection now, that that is not a benefit to Ohio State um, because they have – look, this is going to be game number seven for them. There, there are a lot of teams that are still trying to get things figured out at game seven in a normal season, and, and this is a team that has not figured it out. You know, that uh, – the, the lack of continuity. I mean, they went out and they played the first three weekends of the Big Ten schedule – and they have not played in consecutive weekends since then. And I think it just affects your ability to, to, to get better, to go out there and continue to get reps and to, to improve upon the things that, that you need to improve on. And uh, that's why you look at them on both sides of the ball and you're like, you know what? I mean, you know their talent is better mm-hmm. than what you see on the field. Um, but this late in the season, th- th- what realistic um, – argument could you make for why they would all of a sudden play up to their potential on January 1st? Like, it's just, you, you haven't seen anything building. It would be completely out of left field for them mm-hmm. to do that. And so between the way that they played against Northwestern and the way that Clemson played against Notre Dame, it just seems to me Clemson is just a lot further along as a team, you know, having developed this season than Ohio State. And for that reason, I, I think Ohio State would have to be. It, it's going to take a huge effort from Justin Fields, who we don't even know for sure what the status is of his thumb injury that was very clearly bothering him at the end of that game. And with only a 13-day turnaround, isn't, this, isn't the usual four weeks you know, between conference championships and semifinals. So um, less time for that to heal. I, I, just, I just have a hard time seeing Ohio State play as well as they'll need to to beat Clemson and and it's it's not really their fault it's just 2020 in the hand they were dealt 
Brad Edwards with us, ESPN Insider College uh, Game Day uh, College Football Analyst at J. Brad Edwards on Twitter. Where should Indiana be? They're in the Outback Bowl against Ole Miss. Uh, that's uh, kind of a homecoming there for for Coach Allen was an assistant at Ole Miss. But Ole Miss and Indiana are in the Outback Bowl. You have Oregon and, and, and Iowa State in the Fiesta. You also have Georgia and Cincinnati uh, in the uh, Peach Bowl. You've got some at Indiana. I rate it the Big Ten for not campaigning for IU. Uh, another shot at Commissioner Warren. Where would you, if you were selecting Indiana, who would you have matched them up with? Well, um, I, 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 who who was the team immediately ahead of Indiana in the uh, in the rankings? I, I'm just I'm trying to think who who got into a New Year's Six game ahead of them. Georgia, because, Georgia, and Cincinnati both got in the the, the New Year's Six in the the Peach Bowl. Okay. Uh, you've got the Fiesta Bowl, and that has Iowa State and Oregon. All right, and then you got yeah, then you and, got A and M and Carolina in the Orange Bowl. Okay, yeah, I mean for me, um, Iowa State is the team that I would take out. Okay, you know that that, and I, I understand what the committee's doing, which is that they don't penalize teams for losing a conference championship game, um, and then Iowa State played well enough in that game to have a chance to win. And they certainly didn't embarrass themselves, you know, and they are, they are a a really good team. Um, But I I look at what Indiana did and for them to not get a chance to play in that game um, and and getting passed over by a team with three losses. And, and, you know, one of them is, one of them is to a Sunbelt team. And it's a ranked Sunbelt Mm -hmm. team. Sure. But, um, that one I think would be the hardest one for me to take if I'm Indiana is that they, is they put Iowa state in now. Um, do I think Indiana's better than Iowa state? Not necessarily. And certainly with, you know, without Penix, sure. I, I, you know, it's, it's a tougher argument to make. And maybe the committee took that into account, mm-hmm. which is that, which is that we've only seen them play one game without him. And offensively there, there wasn't much there. So I don't know, but I, I hate it. I hate it for them. It's not so much that I, I think you know we should deny Iowa State the chance. I think they deserve the chance to be in a game like this, and it's great for them. But I think Indiana deserved it too, and uh, maybe more than anything, I just wish there were more spots. But mm-hmm. uh, you know what I wish? I, I, I wish they were. The, the correct answer is they should be in there instead of Oregon, right? Yeah, that, that's, that, that's the, the answer. The, <laughs> the system is set up where the conference champion automatically gets in, which is why I didn't go to Oregon first. But, but yeah, that, that's where the problem is. It's not Iowa State. It's, it's that Oregon is getting into one of these games ahead of Indiana. But, um, you know, um, outside of that, I think Indiana should have gone to whatever the, the, the next best bowl was for the Big Ten. And, um, you know, look, I, I, end of the day – I mean, they're, they're, they're playing Ole Miss, and it's an Ole Miss team that has a really good offense, even without its, its two best targets in the passing game, mm-hmm. who both decided not to play last week. Um, and, and so I think that offense against the Indiana defense is a great matchup. And even though, you know, Indiana's offense is not what it was because of the change of quarterback, Ole Miss's defense is horrible. So um, I think it sets up to be a good matchup as Let's far take as the overs, strength Brad. on weakness. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whoever has the ball, it's strength on weakness. Brad Edwards with us here on ESPN uh, Hale Varsity Radio. Brad, only about 30 seconds left here, uh, so i got to ask you, college football playoff, is Alabama the team to beat? 
I think they're the team to beat, uh, and I think Clemson is the only team that can beat them. Uh, I, I would I would hesitate to read too much into what happened their defense against Florida. Not that their defense is great, but nobody else in the country has a player like Kyle Pitts that can cause you to have to change so much of what you want to do. So I, I don't think you're going to see Notre Dame run up a huge number on Alabama. Brad, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Thanks for jumping on with us today, and best to you and your family this uh, this week. Okay, same to everyone out there. Merry Christmas. Thanks. Take care. Brad Edwards with us, ESPN Insider College Game Day. Good stuff. So we went uh, a little national, and we'll have a little bit more on Bo Pelini, dismissed from LSU. Hail Varsity Radio continues. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. So a little bit uh, more detail with LSU. So this is where you're at, and Bo Pelini's done, and a source told Sports Illustrated that Bo knew he was done at LSU before the last game. So, Bo is out. You have defensive line coach Bill Johnson's expected to to retire. And it says also safeties coach Bill Bush is not expected to return. And while Nebraska is quite fine with their secondary coach right now, what have we talked about here? Are you going to make staff changes, changes if you're Nebraska? And what do you look at? Can you get a special teams dude, right? And Bill Bush for his career was a a big-time recruiter. And think about Prince Amukamara. Think about Alex Smith at Utah. Uh, Bill Bush is a guy who learned under two of Coach Osborne's amazing recruiters, okay, as a GA. And that's George Darlington and and, uh, Frank Solich, both really good at recruiting, okay? I mean... George crushed it on in California and out in Hawaii and and Solich was money it just crushing the East Coast to New Jersey right specifically I mean Osborne had phenomenal recruiters he was the best there is as well I mean just wonderful team and then you had guys on staff that could develop incredible recruits <laughs> so it was perfect right imagine that but Bill Bush is a guy that was uh, special teams. He was fantastic at special teams. When he was at Utah, he was a special teams guy here at Nebraska. In some of the the special teams were pretty good when it comes to kick coverage and punting. All right, there there were some issues with field goal kicking during the Callahan years, but. Bill Bush is a guy that I think if you're going to make a move from a recruiting standpoint, Bill Bush is also coached in the secondary. He's coached outside linebackers. He's coached special teams, and he can recruit. He's a guy that knows the area, and I would look at him. I was saying that last year. He's a guy you look at. And clearly you had... Bo and Bush working together, and Bo's so hands-on with his secondary that maybe Bill Bush thinks it's time to, to move on somewhere. 
So I'm not a thousand percent if I mean if it's all LSU asking him to I mean that's three key components, right? Defensive line coaches retiring, defensive coordinators kicked out, and Bill Bush. You still have Corey Raymond there, I do believe, who was part of both secondary here as far as a coach, but you went through secondary coaches like you and I are drinking a bucket of beer, Elijah. I mean, you had a lot of secondary coach turnover. Guys would go learn under Bo and then take off, or uh, maybe it was just a situation where they wanted their own their own takes. But uh, tough news for Bo. That's too bad because, I mean, LSU really just, because of their talent level, just kind of plugged in. Just plugged in great guys that end up being head coaches, right? Guy at Cal, guy at Baylor. Uh, and and here comes Bo, who's super familiar with it, loves Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge loved him. And then <laughs> every game turned into a shootout, and there was no answer. Remember, we were talking with the Pirate, remember? We're talking with Leach. And the way Leach said, well, yeah, I'm excited to face – hell, yes, you were excited to face Bo's defense. Because <laughs> him and Bo are friends. But the Pirate always had an answer for whatever Bo was trying to do defensively. Bo's defense can work. It takes perfect personnel. And you heard Ed Orgeron say earlier this year, dude, don't make it too complicated. Let him go play fast. Let him go play ball. And that's the thing. It just it is, it is kind of physics to learn, I would imagine. But once you learn it, it can be great. I wonder personally just how long Ed Orgeron's leash is going to be at LSU now. Well, this is your sacrificial... All right, let me keep my gig. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, Ed's... But he's, he's coming off a national championship. No, I know. How long will that stay in the hearts and minds of LSU Are they going to go Gene Chizik on him, where the guy's fired in two years after a national championship when he bought... I mean, when he recruited Cam Newton? In Auburn's defense, Gene Chizik wasn't a great coach, and I don't think he would have won no, that championship without you wanna, Cam. <laughs> you want to talk about, like, he's making whatever he's making. And I'm not hating on the guy, but he's making whatever he's making, doing half times for ESPN. He went 5-19 and 19 mm-hmm. at Iowa State. 5-19, and 19, and then Rhodes comes in. I'm so proud to be your coach, Paul Rhodes. Oh, I love Paul Rhodes. But he did pretty well at Iowa State. And then Iowa State goes and gets Campbell which that guy is awesome. I don't think Ed's – how do I put this? I think Ed's probably a, a, a guy that, that folks want to come play for. I think he's an incredible recruiter. That's how he's cut his teeth, so he'll always be in the thick of it for LSU having a top-10 class. He has been remarkable as a defensive line coach because he was at Miami for 100 years, all right, with some of the who's who, Warren Sapp and company. So Ed's Ed's passion is defensive line and offensive line. And he's he just lost two really key components. It's not like their defense it was good last year, but LSU put up a lot of points a season ago to go undefeated with Brady and Burrow and that receiving core and Clyde. All right. They there was a couple, three games, brother, where, I mean, where they, they would give up 30-some points. Now, giving up 35 a game's a ton. So what Bo make here in Lincoln when they fired him? They have three years left, six years. 
So he probably made like six or seven million in Lincoln. His buyout in LSU is a guaranteed seven million for three years. So Bo's all good. But before we go to break here, can I throw in one little? You mentioned Matt Campbell. Can I throw in one little Ooh. fun story about Matt Campbell? So I went down. This is before my senior year of high school. Did you uh, go to the Iowa State camp? Went down to the Iowa State camp, and it was Matt Campbell's uh, first offseason. He was going into his first year uh, as head coach down at Iowa State. And uh, he brought the camp together. We'd finished our warm-ups, and he brings the camp together to have a little, a little meeting before we go to our respective uh, drills and stuff to get better. And uh, he says, hey, guys, you might not know me. I'm the new coach around here, uh, something along the lines. But he said, but me and my coaching staff brought my whole coaching staff, the guys that I want with me, mm-hmm. and uh, – uh, essentially, was, I, I was assistant of the year, coach of the year last year at Tulane for a reason. Mm-hmm. So if we tell you something today, listen to it. And I remember thinking, man, you, you're at Iowa State. Like, this isn't a sexy job. Like, I'm going to go to the Nebraska camp here in two weeks, and I'll learn from them too. And we'll, we'll, we'll see. And uh, I, was, camp, I was wrong What camp that did one. you get more out of? Got so much more out of that Iowa State camp. One-on-one coaching, one-on-one. It was in pads. It was uh, one-on-one drills, um, one-on-one coaching from like the actual coaches, from the actual players. It was a great camp. Campbell's phenomenal. Yeah, and that like that was that, one. that was painful to watch them be right there. They're on the thirty-yard line. Couple of false start penalties. It's a fire drill on the sideline. They don't want to burn a timeout. They rush a snap. Purdy rolls out. He's kind of under duress and he underthrows it. Iowa State has big, long, athletic wideouts. They always find a running back. And here is my hope. Everyone Iowa State's in on and recruiting, follow them and go go out recruit them because they put guys on championship Saturday and in the league. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Dave from Hawaii emails in, isn't Bill Bush the guy that was seen walking around with Trump? No. That's Billy Bush. <laughs> I, I don't even know who Billy Bush is. He's, he's the uh, former Entertainment Tonight guy. When Trump got nailed with how he grabs people. Ah. Uh, different, different Bill. Different Bill. Mm, mm. <laughs> Isn't that the same? No, no, it's not... <laughs> Imagine the media backlash that would come to Nebraska if we hired Billy Bush. (laughs) Oh, that's not good. Oh, who? What do we? What a way to go out for for twenty (laughs) twenty. Join us. uh, Three minutes left in this show. Four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven. 76-800-825-5865. How'd we do with the steak and a beer bet this weekend? Uh, we did Patriots Dolphins. That- uh-huh, and I think uh, I think the Dolphins won by five. They did, and I gave you uh, three. Three, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that if yeah. my math's correct here, I think that means you won this week. That's right. Mm. So what um, what type of steak do you like cooking? Me personally, yeah, uh, I love a bone in ribeye. Okay. Two of those. Two of those? Yeah. When? I don't know, man. I'll, we can fire the eye air fryer up. Try it that way. I, I mean, I know I just got 
unfollowed and turned off on for sacrilege, but it's not exactly a warm up out to fire the grill up. It's not. It's not. Um, see, the the one method my dad does in the winter times, he's got his his sous vide. I think we've talked about this. See, yeah, before. yeah. Rick told us about his sous vide as well. Those are money. Where you kind of like boil it. Kinda. Yeah. So you have to like uh, seal your steak in. Uh, an uh, airtight, like a, a food saver. Yeah, you right. could also use a, a Ziploc and push out the air, but it doesn't work as great. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you essentially just let it sit in there right at the temperature you want. So say you want your steak at 130, 135 degrees when you pull it off the grill, you, yes. you store it in 125 degree water, and it slowly brings the steak up all the way through to that temperature, and you can just sear it at the end uh, to get your nice color on the outside, but then it's nice and perfectly cooked every single time on the inside. See, but but I, what I will say is it doesn't give you that nice grill flavor. See that that is the the best thing ever is is the grill flavor. So I've done the the reverse sear where we threw some stuff in the oven and then we we put it in the cast iron. Mm-hmm. We we baked them and then we seared them, which was good. We've got a fifty degree day. Maybe we'll we'll just have to grill tomorrow during bowl games. Since you're not working and we're off, quick reminder about buckling up. Seventy percent of people in fatal crashes. In Nebraska, are not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelts can reduce risk of fatal injury up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckle up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, uh, Elijah will be back at it on Monday, a week from today, with a hail varsity. Hopefully, we have some Husker basketball news this week to talk they about. They are going to get drilled mightily tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, I just heard we have we, we didn't get to the mayor. I love Fred Hoiberg, and I think his team will compete, but probably not that well tomorrow night when you got two seven point three uh, two seven foot three point assassins like Wisconsin does. Enjoy, happy uh, New Year, Merry Christmas. Talk to you next time on Hail Varsity.